Okay, welcome to our awesome Zoom call all about MSM. We're actually not even talking about any Young Living products at all tonight. We're just going to be talking about this natural compound and what it does for the body. And if you want to know if there's any products out there with MSM in it, just get a hold of your enroller and they will let you know, or just do a word search in any of the Facebook groups you're a part of and see what you can find. So I'm working out of this book called The Miracle of MSM, which I got on Amazon, and it was published in 1999. It's referenced in the seventh edition of my favorite um, desk reference. So when I saw it referenced, I thought, well, this is interesting. They're talking about another book. I should go check it out. So I am so glad I did because it is so incredibly fascinating to see what all this amazing natural compound does and um, how beneficial it can be for our health and so many other people. Um, around the world. So welcome to uh, Natalie and Becky who just hopped on. So I'm going to be going through all the notes I made in this book. If you want to get this book, again, super cheap buy on Amazon. So MSM <laughs> um, is uh, methyl sulfonyl methane and it's a natural substance that is present in food and in the human body. It's used, MSM is used for many types of pain and inflammatory conditions, including degenerative wear and tear arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, chronic back pain, chronic headaches, muscle pain, fibromyalgia, tendonitis and bursitis, carpal tunnel syndrome, TMJ, post-traumatic pain and inflammation. Guys, put it in the puppy's body. Oh, that's cool. And heartburn. Um, it's so effective for pain relief that doctors are often able to lower the dosage of medication that they prescribe to patients, and some patients are even able to get off the medication completely. It's a biologically active sulfur, which is considered um, by the doctors who author this book a sorely neglected mineral nutrient. It has a long tradition of healing, and throughout history, physicians have prescribed mineral hot springs, which are rich in sulfur, to their infirm patients. I'm sure we've all heard the old stories of people soaking in the hot springs. So <clears throat> there's a lot of examples throughout the book where these doctors talk about patients that they had under their care and how they were able to successfully use, um, how they were able to successfully use MSM to treat uh, their patients. So is pain a problem? Um, in the United States today. Well, <laughs> this information is a little dated because I said, told you the book was in 1999, but at the time it was published, headaches um, are headaches that disrupt productivity affect 40 million Americans each year, uh, 20 years ago. Back pain was suffered by 36 million people. Arthritis afflicted more than 40 million people. Neck pain, 20 million. Another 24 million people debilitated in some way by muscle pain. Other painful disorders, neurologic, cardiac, cancer, fascial, fascial and abdominal, include more than 11 million. Um, repetitive strain injuries, 60%. Um, uh, repetitive strain injuries account for 60% of all work-caused physical illness. And the medical cost of disability at this time was estimated at more than $100 billion per year for persistent pain. So it's definitely, you know, pain's a big industry. <laughs> so the authors um, who put this book together, there's three, um, three fellows who put the book together. And the medical doctors, two of the authors are medical doctors. Um, they have a combined, at this time, 90 years of clinical experience treating severe and debilitating pain problems. That's their field of speciality. And they pioneered the use of MSM as therapeutic treatment. These fellas did. <clears throat> so vets have been using MSM for more than 15 years. Um, there's some, definitely some... 
um, difficulty getting it, um, getting huge studies bankrolled on it because it can't be patented. So there's not a lot of interest in it from the pharmaceutical companies. Um, so relief versus cure. MSM provides pain relief through the following actions. <clears throat> so the inhibition of pain impulses along nerve fibers, lessening of inflammation, increasing of blood supply. And we all know if you ever been told to like ice and hot a wound, um, ice and heat a wound, um, it's because you're increasing the blood flow to the site of the wound. And what does that do? Blood flow brings fresh nutrients, um, which helps heal. Reduction of muscle spasm and softening of scar tissue. <clears throat> it will not cure an illness such as arthritis or lupus. Um, it's like, like diabetes and insulin. You know, you take insulin to manage diabetes. It's not curing it, but it, if you stop it, you have a problem. But while you're taking it, it is, um, you know, letting you live a life free of pain. So hundreds of millions of dollars are spent by pharmaceutical companies to research and advertise these patented medical drugs um, to both doctors and end consumers. In the United States, it's legal to have commercials on TV for <laughs> any kind of medication you can imagine. Um, but there's, like I mentioned, there's no bankroll for nutritional supplements. Why? Because vitamins, minerals, herbs, natural substances like MSM are not patentable. The major impetus behind MSM's growing popularity is word of mouth. Us in this group talking, you, me, Charmin saying to somebody, Natalie saying to somebody, Tiffany saying to somebody, is possibly the only way they will ever learn that there's an alternative to what they're already doing or there's a solution to something that they don't um, think there's a solution for. And as I keep reading, you will understand why it's so important to have an alternative to um, what is so commonly being used today. So, <laughs> um, as people experience the healing benefits of MSN, the, the authors notice these people become enthusiastic emissaries eager to tell family members and friends. That's called network marketing. Whether they're getting paid or not, they're doing network marketing. You don't have to get paid to be a network marketer. You just have to tell people that you watched a movie that you really liked or, um, you know, post a picture of something you bought on Amazon or recommend a restaurant. That's all network marketing. And you know when you have an experience like you may with MSM, you darn sure can't keep it to yourself. <clears throat> so um, there's different instances throughout the book, um, and one of the instances that I noticed that I just feel like I hear all the time is somebody who said they were ha they just started have Jacob, you need to come and sit with the baby, please, because she's going to unplug this and she's going to knock it down. Um, get her her water bottle, please. Um, right here, increasing stiffness in knees or shoulder. If anybody had torn shoulder, rotator cuff, damaged rotator cuff, um, and it starts to ache, and he said the pain was to the point where, you know, he, he pretty much couldn't do anything, and he was taking Tylenol almost on a daily basis. And somebody got him started using MSM, and he's back to, you know, running 30 miles a week and um, all the things that he loved to do. Um, he says, when you are feeling better, you have a tendency to forget that you're feeling better because you're taking the MSM, you stop taking the MSM, and then <laughs> you're reminded why you started taking it. So, MSM, methylsulfonylmethane, are you sulfur or MSM deficient? So, many people who use MSM believe that the supplement remedies a sulfur deficiency in the body. Sulfur is a mineral nutrient found in food and minerals and minerals are frequently deficient in the Western diet with serious consequences to health. I'm sure we've, none of us have run into that <laughs> at all. Um, I actually take a mineral supplement because we're just deficient and our water is so um, saturated with everything from glyphosate, you name it, then we have to filter it and then we lose minerals even in that process too. Magnesium and zinc are two of the leading examples of commonly deficient minerals, and there are daily intake standards for magnesium, but there's none for sulfur. From a nutritional standpoint, so sulfur is 
clearly necessary, but it is not regarded as an essential nutrient. And Carl Pfeiffer, who's since passed away, he's a PhD and MD, world-renowned expert on nutritional medicine, described sulfur as the forgotten essential element. So it didn't make it to the government's paperwork of essential elements, but um, our bodies do not function very well without it, and they seem to function extremely well with it. So we could perhaps infer that it's necessary. Americans are notoriously deficient in many nutri important nutrients because of our poor eating habits, and that has a lot to do with our poor health statistics. Um, all of us can soapbox about that. So um, modern medicine <laughs> performs brilliantly with emergency medicine. Acute care treatment, sophisticated surgical procedures. Let me tell you, if there's like, you know, if I'm in a car accident and there's like a fence post through my leg, I don't want MSM. <laughs> I want a doctor. I want surgery. I want an ER. I want an ambulance. I want knives. <laughs> I want drugs. <laughs> like there's a time and place for these amazing and incredible inventions and people with such a heart and passion, doctors who care about people. There is a time and place for that. However, our system often falls short in dealing with chronic ailments. Many of the approved treatments and procedures and drugs cause substantial and even deadly symptoms. Despite, or perhaps, perhaps because of, um, having the highest medical costs in the world, we have some of the worst health statistics of all industrialized countries. So when they wrote this book, they reported that the WHO listed on a ranking of health among developed nations, the WHO listed the U.S. as 18th. So I went and did a little bit of research. So this was in 1999 that the U.S. ranked as 18th. I looked and found in 1990, we ranked as 6th. In 1999, as 18th. And in 2016, as 27th. So we're not doing very good. <laughs> like, we're not improving. The U.S. spends also a higher percentage of gross domestic product on health than any other country. But on this ranking that I was reading that report on, the U.S. was ranked 37th out of 191 countries. <laughs> Getting worse. <laughs> And it always cracks me up that we want we want to have free healthcare in this country. Like everybody compares the U.S. to other countries with free healthcare. Um, the average amount spent per person in 2018 on healthcare was $10,224. Um, the comparable country average of other developed countries is $5,280. And in those countries, they're paying 65% or more of their income as taxes. So I asked you, if we're spending twice as much on healthcare, are we supposed to pay 130% of our income as taxes? Like, we either need to like get a little healthier or something because that is not feasible. It sounds like people are already spending 65% of their income. <laughs> oh my gosh, $10,000. That's crazy. <clears throat> so, so a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things need to be addressed. A lot of systems need to be addressed. But um, how you can take MSM, you can take it... Um, um, the capsules or with powder, or you can um, have it put on topically. Jacob, you need to come get the baby because she's going to pull this off by the cord. Like in a cream or a lotion or shampoo or conditioner, um, if you were to be so fortunate as to find one that had that in it. Hmm. <clears throat> like I said, if you're curious, I'm not talking about any Young Living products today. But if you're curious, you can just do a word search in your local Facebook groups to see if there's anything out there with MSM in it. I don't know. There might be. Hmm. <laughs> um, and how do you use it topically? Um, oh, okay. I already mentioned that. So I won't repeat myself. All right. So let's talk about how pain works so that we can have a better understanding of how MSM works. 
Message of pain starts with nerve endings at the location of the damage on or in your body. And the impulse travels from there at warp speed along nerve fibers to your brain. The message says, like, there's a problem. Help, please, help. So, for instance, if you burn your finger like Camille did <laughs> the other day, she had a quick response. The pain signal zips along the finger along a speedway of nerve fibers called alpha-delta fibers. And these are fibers encased in fatty protective tissue called myelin sheaths. And they're designed for lightning-fast delivery of pain information to and from the brain. And alpha delta fibers are part of the nervous system sensory apparatus, which includes alpha beta fibers that conduct the sensation of touch. So you instantly get the message, ouch, <laughs> my finger hurts. And then the next message goes back down and goes, please remove your finger from the blazing hot, you know, flat iron um, by activating your motor system, which commands the bones. And the muscles and so you know hopefully you're able to remove your cells from the source of pain there's also the autonomic system which is then going to like try to rush to the system with you know aid blood blood flow um, perspiration things like that <clears throat> so the non-myelinated fibers take over conducting general messages of pain following the establishment of a circuit between the brain and the damaged you know your finger and then the alpha delta fibers are more involved in the immediate protective and acute pain. Not cute, but acute. <laughs> uh, the small non-myelinated fibers are more involved in the business afterwards and the chronic pain. So like arthritis, um, constant dull headaches. Um, okay, are you gonna spill this? I, you look like you want to spill it. Yeah, you really do. How about I give you a piece of a roll? Yeah. Are there more rolls? No, you just gave me a whole, your plate of rolls. Right there. Yeah, then eat your rolls. They're all over the floor. Um, liquids in babies is so bad. So both systems carry impulses along different nerve ways up to a walnut-sized switchboard that receives and relays warning signals and pain messages in your brain. Um, and that's called the thalamus. And from there, the impulse is just forwarded up into your brain. So specifically, they go to the cerebral cortex, which registers the location extent of the damage. And this is an area everybody in here should know about, to the limbic region atop the brainstem that deals with emotion. And if the pain impulses are intense enough, the alarm bells are sounded in your limbic system to initiate a response like crying or sadness. Um, I'm very sad that I got burned. Emile, Camille immediately started crying when she got burned. Um, it's precisely because of this limbic thalamus connection that pain is now conventionally treated not just with like a painkiller to numb the pain, but also drugs for anxiety, fear, depression, you know, the whole emotional range that comes with Pain, especially chronic pain. So, so we have pain. Pain exists. We just read that millions and millions and millions of people in the U.S. have constant pain, everyday pain. That's that's. I mean, guys, I had a headache for the first time in. I don't even actually remember the last time I had a headache. Um, last month, when we all had that crazy sinus stuff going on, and I was like, this is freaking miserable like how do people live with this how my intense compassion and sympathy for anybody living with chronic pain it is not fair and it is not okay so what's out there pharmaceutically speaking to help with your pain pain-killing drugs or analgesics range from over-the-counter aspirins to heavy-duty narcotics. Maybe the commercial is just really loud. Okay, just commercial. All right, they work by stopping the nervous system's normal functioning in some way. And these um, eliminate the pain while hopefully giving your body a chance to heal. The problem is a lot of drugs, in order to be strong enough to stop those nerve impulses, are counterproductive to healing. They create toxicity in the body, they interfere with normal metabolic activities, and they create harmful side effects that add new problems on top of the problems you already have. 
This is especially true if you're using um, the drugs over a long period of time. In the case of narcotic analgesics, the body builds up a tolerance for and a dependence on the drug. Higher and higher doses are necessary to become effective, and this can lead to a lifetime of addiction, which anybody see the news article I posted about the drug company being sued because it, they're now apparently it's been proven that they created an opioid narcotic, which um, intentionally causes addiction, but they also created a drug to stop the addiction. <laughs> and now the government is like, wait a minute. On the other hand, I know we approved those products, but that's actually not okay. So one type of painkilling medication is non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs. Is that how you're supposed to say it? NSAIDs? Lisa says I think so um, for short. So those are among the most commonly used drugs in the world when inflammation accompanies a pain problem. And we will talk a little bit more about those. But these drugs are notorious for their side effects. So MSM. MSM and pain, so that's drugs and pain, MSM and pain. <clears throat> so the doctors who authored this personally observed pain improvement in their patients with the following um, severe accident-related pains, degenerative arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, back pain from herniated discs, arthritis, and other causes, headaches, muscle soreness, tendinitis, bursitis, carpal tunnel syndrome, interstitial cystitis, scleroderma, athletic strains and sprains, cold sores, shingles, TMJ, Bell's palsy, Berger's disease, and inflammatory bowel disorders. And they've also heard reports from other people that they haven't personally treated the MSM provided release, but those are just the patients they personally treated, these two guys. <laughs> so they... One reason why they believe MSM possesses the um, pain relieving abilities is it has an anti-inflammatory action and ability to soften scar tissue. And they have a chapter on each of these, like how that works. Um, an ability to dilate blood vessels and enhance blood supply, which suggests a support of a role in speeding the arrival of nutrients involved in tissue repair to damage sites of the body. An ability to reduce muscle spasm, and many pain conditions, whether disease or trauma related, have an accompanying muscle spasm component. And the potential, get this, if you have ever taken a class on essential oils, I want you to listen to this. The potential for rendering cell membranes more permeable. This may facilitate a greater effectiveness of the body's own natural painkillers. Imagine if you made your cells more permeable and then you took something that was really good at permeating cells and really healthy for you and put it on top. Jacob, come get the baby. She's going to drag this off by the cord. I mean, what if you even mixed all that together in like some kind of like a concoction you could drink or something? Like, <laughs> how cool would that be? <laughs> What if it was red? I know, wouldn't that be so cool? Like a drink that was red. Like that would be amazing. Oh, that would just be something else. Guys, I, I want to read you every single side of this book. You will enjoy reading it on your own. How does MSM paint, kill pain? So we just went over that. Um, and it, it inhibits pain impulses along. Jacob, you guys are gonna need to come and play with the baby, even if you have to pause the show to do it. Um, it inhibits pain impulses along a major nervous system network called C fibers. And these fibers carry messages of pain from the site of damaged tissue in the body to your brain. So it's inhibiting the pain impulses. It's reducing the inflammation. It's promoting the blood flow, which enhances the healing of the process. Oh, and reducing inflammation. Um, inflammation puts pressure on nerves and tissues and causes pain. Like you've seen inflamed skin. It's <laughs> look friendly. And then MSM reduces muscle spasm, which is a contraction of muscle tissue often involved in painful conditions. And <clears throat> I only just now thought of this when I was talking about inflammation just now, but um, it would be a fantastic support to take internally, like 
drink right into the belly for someone, a woman who's just had a baby. Because remember, when the placenta detaches from the inside of your uterus, it leaves, you know, a wound about this big and you can't see it. But that's why a lot of women, you can't see it or feel it, but a lot of women feel great afterwards and they overdo it. And then they're like bleeding fresh blood and like, what's going on? You know, because they've reopened the wound that's trying to heal. So imagine if you just drink it, get it into your body. <clears throat> so will MSM help with both acute pain that comes on suddenly or develops after a traumatic event? as well as chronic pain related to arthritis or some other diseases. Usually it helps in both circumstances. Almost always acute pain responds more rapidly than long-standing chronic pain. If you have a sprained ankle or a fracture, MSM will probably help reduce the inflammation and you may have some pain relief as a result. And if you've suffered from a pain-related disease for many years, you may need to be patient and take MSM for months um for it to work um some people so it says um actually the question is answered right here i have heard people who have been in pain for a long time say they have had dramatic relief overnight yes this does happen and the doctors personally saw cases where people experienced great relief in just a few days um dramatic responses are not unusual they're very gratifying to both the doctor and the patient However, if you have been in chronic pain for years, they advise not to expect overnight relief. This is really good for managing expectations. A lot of people are like, I took it one time and it didn't, you know, they're thinking of it like an NSAID, which, you know, instantly works to mask and dull the pain. <laughs> uh, more on that later. <laughs> if you're not among the fortunate individuals, so it could take a month, two months, or many months to become a parent, if you're not among the fortunate individuals who experience relief, um, don't be discouraged. Stick with it. Be patient. <clears throat> you may also be more energetic by taking MSM. There could be other beneficial side benefits. <clears throat> we have side benefits, not symptoms in here, just so you guys know. How long does it take to usually experience relief in very severe cases? This is difficult to answer. Um, it depends on many cases. Again, the severe cases can take months. The longer the problem has existed in the past, the longer it may take into the future for substantial relief to occur. So when often MSM helps when nothing else does and when there's no other effective treatments available or when the strong medication is not advisable for a patient. Um, the use of MSM may provide major relief or just enough relief to allow your doctor to lower the medication a little bit, <clears throat> which can help reduce your risk of side effects or addiction, depending on what it is that you're taking. Um, and is pain relief from MS lasting or temporary? Also on the note of addiction, MSM could be helpful for some patients who previously addicted. Um, I remember I had a friend who had surgery and she was really concerned because they're, you know, obviously surgery, you know, medications, and she used to be addicted to painkillers and so she was really concerned because it can trigger that all over again. Um, fortunately, she did a really good job managing everything and her nutrition and stuff, but I wish I had known about MSM back then. It could have helped her a little bit. Um, is pain relief from MS la MSM lasting or temporary? <coughs> it depends. <laughs> um, many people experience the relief as long as they keep taking the MSM. When they stop, their symptoms come back, the inflammation builds back up, etc. Sometimes they return quickly, and sometimes they can take weeks or months, even years, to start back up. Um, or they might never come back. You know, kind of depends on what it is. MSM can speed the healing process. It's not the fixer, but it can speed the healing process, the natural process that your body is able to do. Um, or even if you're taking medicine for something, it can help, you know, speed that process. Once the body's healed from an accident, the pain may vanish only to show up later as degenerative arthritis. Um, and if you ever talk to a chiropractor about this, they'll tell you, you know, you can be in a car accident and 10 years later, you know, the neurological um, pain begins to, begins to set in. Like your body, it can take decades sometimes for stuff to show up. So continued use of MSM can help retard the onset of arthritis-related pain in such cases. <clears throat> and these doctors observed a number of cases where patients had remissions from serious illnesses, such as lupus and interstitial cystitis. They took MSM on regular long-term basis 
and this probably contributed to their recoveries, the doctors are speaking. Um, and if you are obtaining relief, they say as a rule of thumb, from pain associated with chronic illness, you will generally continue to experience the relief as long as you keep taking your MSM supplements. And <clears throat> one note, if I developed pain, should I take MSM? So yes, as we just said, MSM can be helpful for many cases of pain, but remember, pain is a messenger from your body telling you that something is wrong and needs attention. One thing that bothers me when people talk about taking like, like chronic NSAID takers who are popping ibuprofen all the time is that their body is desperately sending them a signal and it's so uncomfortable that they're shutting it off as fast as they can. <clears throat> I'm not saying that I want anybody to live in pain, but I am saying if you're constantly having headaches, if you're constantly in some kind of physical pain, like the pain reliever is numbing the signal from your brain to the site of pain, it's not fixing the problem. So it's worthwhile if you're able to try and investigate what is causing the pain. Um, sometimes we don't know. Sometimes um, we know when there's no cure. And so in that case, you need to turn to something. But <clears throat> just remember that pain is um, an important message from your body. And how much you take, they suggest two heaping teaspoons a day. The general rule is to take as little as possible, but as much as you need to get the desired level of pain relief. So that might be something you tweak, and that might be something that changes over time. So MSM, that was MSM and pain, MSM and inflammation. Inflammation is a... Jacob, isn't that what daddy always tells you? Inflammation is a complex reaction of the body whenever its cells or tissues are damaged through disease or injury. And you can develop chronic inflammation over time in degenerated joints or osteoarthritis or in the muscle of our, bleh, in the degenerated joints of osteoarthritis, bleh, or in the muscles and joints associated with rheumatoid conditions or as a result of injury. You can also develop acute inflammation due to burns, radiation, venom, um, or infections. <clears throat> so the characteristics of inflammation. All right, guys. If you can't sit together, then you can go ahead and pause the movie and go brush your teeth and get ready for bed. Then why don't you scoot down farther on the couch, Jacob? Then why don't you clear a space to move? Then I don't know what to tell you. This is your only option. All right, so the, uh, the characteristics of inflammation. Um, redness, heat, pain, swelling, and loss of function of a particular body part slash parts. MSM is a bona fide anti-inflammatory agent. It impacts each of these inflammatory signs wherever present in the body. Camille, sit up. Sit up. Sit up on your butt. Sit up. All the way. Scoot your butt back. All right, now you can sit there. Um, <clears throat> so here's their caution on the anti-inflammatory drugs. So for many years, the medical community has recognized the problems of adverse drug reactions, particularly in the stomach and intestinal tract caused by NSAIDs. <clears throat> and in a forum that, um, on pain, the American Medical Association warned patients about ulcers and other medical problems that arise from prolonged use of widely prescribed and over-the-counter anti-inflammatory drugs. Um, the, there at this time, again, 20 years ago, there were approximately 76,000 hospitalizations each year in the U S from gastrointestinal complications produced by NSAIDs An estimated 41,000 hospital admissions and 33,000 deaths involving elderly parent 
patients are attributed annually to NSAIDs, and 50 to 80% of people admitted to hospitals with gastrointestinal bleeding are taking NSAIDs. And if you show up with bleeding in your gut, you have a 10% chance of dying. So that's always fun. <laughs> the most common side effects are stomach pain, indigestion, ulcers, hemorrhage, and perforation, which can lead to death. Kidney damage is another frequent consequence of regular use of NSAIDs, and we've seen the reports now that taking them for even a week um, increases your chance of a heart attack by what crazy, insane statistic that I can't remember? I posted in the Facebook group. I'm so sorry that I don't have that number for you. What's interesting to me is that those side effects are weighed against the effectiveness and the non-toxicity of MSM, but many people will continue to use the NSAIDs because they have a government stamp of approval on them. <laughs> that just blows my mind. The same government that people gripe about all day long is where they get their health and medical advice from, and that just boggles my mind. <laughs> they, they, they hate the way you know everything else is run, but if you say anything negative about the way the government publishes on health or medicine, you are literally going to be choked out by like 12 people. <laughs> Blows my mind. Um, aspirin is the most familiar NSAID, but more powerful NSAIDs include compounds with ibuprofen, naproxen, sodium, and ketoprofen. And these you can get as prescription or over-the-counter. Um, a key problem is that many over-the-counter NSAIDs are taken by people without good reason, which puts them at risk for a catastrophic problem. Most of these drugs are not taken on a doctor's advice. People just see an ad for it, you know, it's on TV or Hulu or YouTube, and they go get them, you know, without talking to a doctor about it. Um, in a Canadian study, they warned that NSAIDs should be avoided among the elderly and high-risk patients as much as possible, and currently no NSAID is available that lacks potential for serious toxicity. And most experts believe that these medications should never be used for more than five to six days. <clears throat> and you run into steroids. <laughs> and that's another delightful walk in the park. Um, common adverse reactions. Oh boy. So a dilemma faced by people with rheumatoid arthritis or certain neurological disorders is that they're suffering from agonizing pain that is not brought under control by milder medication. So NSAIDs are pretty bad, but um, prolonged cortisone use is even worse. <laughs> so common adverse patient reactions include gastrointestinal irritation and bleeding. Go back to that. Like it literally like, makes my like stomach cringe. <laughs> um, suppression of the immune system. <laughs> no wonder you need shots from the government. What? Did I just say that? Um, retention of fluids and a swollen appearance, broken blood vessels, black and blue marks, weakness, interference with sugar metabolism, and a tendency to develop delusional behavior. Hold on. I feel like I just read that exact same paragraph in the Washington State, um, the Washington State um, handbook on uh, domestic abuse. <laughs> I feel like I just saw that. Uh, many people fear steroids because of their side effects, and obviously for good reason. So here's this drug that was um, <clears throat> a drug that was released a year before this book came out called Arava. Areva? I don't know if anybody knows. Help me. Um, and they here's the um, the beautiful advertising that they put out. Um, Arava is a breakthrough for victims of arthritis. The first in a series of promising new treatments approaching the market in more than a decade for RA does not cure rheumatoid arthritis, but appears to work as well as the gold standard treatment, which at that time was the cancer drug methotrexate. Uh, no, go put that back, which is known to cause troublesome side effects and whose effectiveness diminishes over time. Um, the manufacturer conducted a year-long trial with 480 patients with moderate disease. Of these, 41% experienced improvement, compared to 19% who said they improved taking dummy placebo pills. 
not saying they were dummies, but like. <laughs> X-ray studies of bone erosion and cartilage disappearance were conducted to determine the progress of the disease. The patients did get worse, but placebo patients worsened four times as quickly. Arava caused side effects, including diarrhea and hair loss in more than a quarter of all patients, but Arava did not seem as prone to causing serious problems with that methotrexate sometimes can, such as kidney failure. But the drug has a significant problem in that most drugs dissipate quickly from our system after the last dose is taken, and Arava can take at least six months to clear it up your system. And also, animal studies suggesting it could cause numerous birth defects. So they warned women, pregnant women should not take Arava, and premenopausal women should guard against becoming pregnant if they use the drug. The more troublesome was what to tell women who have already taken Arava and then decide they want to have a baby. And finally, um, they recommend liver monitoring because just like methotrexate, Arava can cause liver damage. So I googled this drug <laughs> to see if there were any other side effects. <clears throat> Hold on to your hats. It doesn't stay in your system six months after the last dose. They have now found it actually stays in your system for two years. <laughs> so if you took it in the last two years, you can't get pregnant, okay? Because your baby could have birth defects and other serious problems in offspring. Oh, did I say get pregnant or get someone pregnant? Because guess what? It applies to men too. Yeah, it goes both ways. Here's some of the side effects. Diarrhea, vomiting, heartburn, headache, runny nose, dizziness, weight loss, mild muscle aches, dry skin, hair loss, lower ability to fight infection, fever, sore throat, cough, flu-like symptoms, red, warm, swollen, or painful skin, difficult, painful, and frequent urination, liver problems leading to death with warning signs of jaundice, dark urine, pale stool, pain in the upper right-hand stomach, severe nausea, loss of appetite, extreme tiredness, unusual bleeding or bruising. If you drink alcohol or have ever drank much alcohol, you need to talk to your doctor seriously about that before considering taking Arava. You cannot drink alcohol while on Arava. You cannot get vaccinations while on Arava. You will probably have high blood pressure while you're on Arava. And there were 16 other side effects that I didn't even write down because I was ran out of, I ran that out one, That one thing could be a benefit. Yeah. Never mind. Um, but, could it? I I can't imagine why you couldn't get the vaccination though, because um, it can't make you sick. So, a lowered immune system shouldn't be a problem. Um, and it has interactions with um, almost every type of drug out there: Tylenol, so acetaminophen, aspirin, or other NSAIDs, statins, iron supplements, um, niacin, um, blood thinners. A ton. I didn't even write them all down. So. By comparison, there's virtually there's no serious side effects associated with MSM, and you could take it for virtually every condition where an anti-inflammatory drug is prescribed, including rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, wouldn't you think that Arava would be like our last ditch effort? Like she's in excruciating pain, can't even breathe. At this point, we'll take the diarrhea and the vomiting, you know, versus Um, and about osteoarthritis. So joints begin to degenerate from usage, <clears throat> depending on genetic predisposition, which we know can be biohacked, but if you don't do anything about it, you will inherit. Even if you're adopt adopted, you will inherit the tendencies of your family. Your lifestyle, biochemical and hormonal changes, and what you do for profession, the degeneration can occur earlier or later, faster or slower. So they kind of go into detail about the cartilage um, and the degradation triggers the production of enzymes that further damage the tissue. Jacob, go put those away. I know. Go put them away, please. Camille, what do you have? Go put it away. Um, our degenerative arthritis is the number one cause of disability for people over 65, surpassing back pain, cancer, diabetes, and heart and lung conditions. 
Um, NSAIDs are used widely for arthritis. However, they are risky both to the patient and the patient's joints. NSAIDs work by blocking the action of enzymes that help produce inflammatory compounds. At the same time, however, the drugs also inhibit enzymes that produce components of cartilage. Thus, you may see some pain relief from NSAIDs for as long as you take them. But beneath the surface, they may actually be accelerating the arthritic process, which is honestly horrifying to think that somebody's taking it, <clears throat> they're not feeling the pain, and they're actually making their joints degenerate faster. And if you've ever seen um, joints that are just ravaged by RA, it is painful to see. Okay, I'm looking for my notes for the no-go. Okay, there it is. All right. Get a little bit of good news, and we have how many minutes we have left? Okay, we've got a couple minutes left so I can finish this up. All right, a little bit of good news. So, um, MSF. So, the um, one of the a chemist who was there in the early observations of MSM, he observed that it was um, DMSO, which is a compound that has MSM in it. MSM is the active portion of it, tended to move through tissues and could carry other materials in with it. And he was just interested to see if it would do the same in animals and humans, which it did. Um, <clears throat> so um, MSM, let me skip past all the. Uh, MSM um, is analgesic, relieves pain, reduces inflammation, passes through cellular membranes of the body, including the skin, so that's why you can put it on topically, dilates blood vessels, that's vasodilation, and increases blood flow, is a cholinesterase inhibitor. Cholinesterase is an enzyme that stops excessive passage of nerve impulses from one nerve cell to another. <coughs> so... Um, it can help restore normal bowel movement or peristalsis, um, bowel activity, I should say. Um, it reduces muscle spasm, and injury or inflammation commonly cause spasm in a muscle or in a group of muscles. It alters the cross-linking process in collagen, thus reducing scar tissue. So cross-linking is a process in which new structures, new structural proteins are knitted to existing healthy tissue at the site of surgical incisions or traumatic damage in the body. Um, it has anti-parasitic properties, particularly for giardia, which is a protozoan parasite that causes diarrhea. And it has an immune, no, no immune normalizing effect as observed in some autoimmune diseases such as RA, lupus, and scleroderma. <coughs> So um, we talked about how toxic the NSAIDs are. So let's talk about how toxic MSM can be. One of the first things you will learn about MSM is its safety. In long-term toxicity trials with laboratory animals, they found no toxic effects with oral doses of 8 grams per kilogram. And most people take 2 to 8 grams total as a daily supplement. So to determine the lethal dose of MSM or of any substance um, in pharmaceuticals based, well, in anything really, um, there's a standard test known as LD50, <clears throat> which is lethal dose, lethal dose dash 50. So the number 50 refers to amount of the substance required that would result in the death of half the number of laboratory animals used in the test. For MSM, the findings determined that the LD50 was more than 20 grams for each kilogram of body weight. So, <laughs> if like that makes no sense at all, I, I did the math for you, because I'm really good at math. I'm not, but I checked it twice. So, it take an average person of 150 pounds, that's 68 kilograms, so they would need to take 1,360 grams of MSM or three pounds of MSM. You would have to consume quite a lot. I really find it difficult to believe anybody would eat three pounds of MSM. As comparison, if you're like, but do I really want this in my home? I mean, what if I ate three pounds of it and died? As a comparison, if you ate six ounces of salt, you would die. <laughs> so salt is on this scale extremely toxic. Um, and if you've heard the saying that this is le that this is like what is it less toxic than water, then that is correct. 
um, water has an LD50 rating that is also greater than 20 grams per kilogram of weight. So it, um, you can, it is, MSM is rated as one of the least toxic substances in biology and medicine, like in existence. <laughs> it is literally about the safest you can get. So, and in its natural state, MSM is an inconspicuous sulfur molecule found in the atmosphere, in plants, animals, and in the human body. <clears throat> a supplemental MSM was absorbed by laboratory mice in a study and significantly delayed the onset of cancer, which was created under experimental conditions. And other promising animal studies suggested that MSM may improve autoimmune diseases in which the body's own immune system becomes deranged and starts to attack its own tissues. Yes, <laughs> that means allergies. Um, there they did they both commented that they had observed in themselves allergy um symptoms um diminishing or being completely gone they weren't necessarily even looking for that or expecting it but they just noticed they realized they were taking the msm and then realized wait a minute like it's the worst pollen season we've ever had we should be having horrible allergies right now so msm is pretty fantastic you can google it you can get the book again the book i was reading out of today was the miracle of msm <laughs> it's a really awesome book and um again i it was referred to in one of my favorite desk reference books and so it compelled me to want to read you know that and see why they thought it was so important so um msm definitely <laughs> right up there at the top of supplements we should be taking and clearly a uh, very potent solution for a lot of people who are um, running out of options so go to your local facebook groups and look to see if there is anything out there with msm in it or ask anybody is there anything out there with msm that i can take as a supplement or apply topically and i'm sure you will like what you find um and make a drink that's maybe red in color and just see how you feel <laughs> <laughs> thank you for watching. And if you watch this on the replay, thank you so much for sticking through it.